Welcome to today's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, June 20th, 2022. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, BTC is at $19,812, two cents, up 9.57%. Ethereum at number two, $1,066.25, up 12.54%. Tether at number three, 99 cents. USD coin at number four, $1. BNB at number five, $205.79, up 7.93%. Binance USD, number six, 99 cents. Cardano at number seven, 46 cents, up 4.66%. At number eight, XRP, 31 cents, up 4.25%. Solana at number nine, $31.99, up 6.11%. And last but not least, Dogecoin at number 10, 5 cents, 11.38% up. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried that could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So what we got today is extreme fear at nine. Yesterday was extreme fear at six. Last week, extreme fear at 11. Last month, extreme fear at 13. Let's take a look at our five articles today. Article number one is Litecoin evaluating the possibility of LTC going back to $100. Article 2, Bitcoin briefly dropped below $17,800 as sell-off accelerates. Here's what happened. Article number 3, the crypto crash, all Ponzi schemes topple eventually. Article 4, if you invested $100 in Tesla, Apple, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin five years ago, here's how much you'd have now. And last but not least, the main topic today is what the crypto collapse means for El Salvador's economy. All right. Before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you so much to all my subscribers and my supporters. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And if you're in the YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. It helps me out greatly. So without further ado, let's get into number one, Litecoin, evaluating the possibility of LDC going back to $100. So Litecoin is one of the few altcoins that is managing to recover the losses gradually. This on all fronts is indicating a possible trend reversal. While resistance from the light broader market cues is natural, the support it has from its investors will play a crucial role in helping the cryptocurrency recover quickly. Litecoin under heavy pressure, the silver to Bitcoin's gold has been failing a recovery for more than a year now, ever since it had hit an all-time high of $417. On June 18th, LTC was trading at $45, down by 88.5% from its all-time high, thus enduring the recent crash that knocked LTC down by almost 32%. But in the last seven days, BTC has shown promise that it might be gradually recovering with the active downtrend now losing strength. The parabolic SAR moving close to the candlesticks is on the edge of flipping into an uptrend by shifting its position to move below the candles. The average directional index, on the other hand, has been rising consistently for the past month, initially in support of a rally, then in support of a crash. But now that the tides are expected to shift once again, the rising ADX might strengthen the uptrend, pushing LTC above $50 for good. Plus, similar indications can be observed on the MACD as well, where a bullish crossover is set to take place in the coming days. The disappearance of the red bars augments the argument. Besides, the altcoin noticed no abandonment from its investors, which will be beneficial for LTC in marking a sustained rise. 
This is somewhat surprising since Litecoin holders don't have much hope to hold on to since 90% of them are in losses. In fact, this week alone, Litecoin witnessed the highest single-day network-wide loss of $280 millions in almost three and a half years since November 2018. Furthermore, as posted exiting the market, Litecoin investors have held on to their assets, and since January this year, the concentration of LTC held between 12 to 18 months has increased by 4% or 6 million LTC in equivalent to $270 million. This invites and invinces that somehow uh, investors are still holding a bullish bet against Litecoin, and they might even be right about it. So there you guys have it. Litecoin, evaluating the possibility of LTC going back to $100. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Okay, article number two. Bitcoin briefly dropped below $17,800 as sell-off accelerates. Here's what happened. So. Bitcoin plunged to about $17,749 and Ether fell to about $897 at around 4.15 Eastern time on Saturday afternoon. As a sell-off in the crypto market accelerates, the world's two most popular cryptocurrencies are down more than 35% in the past week. As both breach symbolic price barriers, Bitcoin bands bounced back to around $18,955 and Ether was trading at around $995 just after 8 p.m. The carnage in the crypto market is partly caused by pressure from macroeconomic forces, including spiraling inflation and a succession of Fed rate hikes. We have also seen these blue chip crypto track equities lower. It doesn't help that crypto firms are laying off large swaths of employees. And some of the most popular names in the industry are facing solvency meltdowns. Bitcoin peaked at $68,789.63 in November. Ether peaked at around $4,891.70 that same month. Bitcoin last traded this low around December 2020. And here's how we got here. The week started with crypto prices plummeting and Bitcoin falling as much as 17% at one point in the day. It seemed like the crypto winter was here. In the chaos, Celsius, a major crypto staking and lending firm, shocked the market when it announced that all withdrawals, swaps, and transfers between accounts have been paused due to extreme market conditions. In a memo addressed to the Celsius community, the platform also said the move was designed to stabilize liquidity and operations. Celsius effectively locked up its $12 billion in crypto assets under management. Raising concerns about the platform's solvency, the news rippled across the crypto industry reminding some of what happened in May when a failed U.S. dollar-pegged stablecoin project lost $60 billion in value and dragged the wider crypto industry down with it. Celsius was known for offering users a yield of up to 18.63% on their deposits. It's like a product a bank would offer except with none other regulatory safeguards. Those high crazy yields were what eventually came under scrutiny. There is risk it certainly seems like it's just the beginning, said John Todoro, Needham's vice president of crypto assets and blockchain research. What I would say is on the decentralized side, a lot of these DeFi protocols, a lot of these positions are over collateralized. So you shouldn't quite see the underfunding situation that could happen with centralized borrowers and lenders. But that being said, you could still see a lot of liquidations that the collateral being sold off on DeFi protocols continued, Todoro said. Next on to Tuesday, 
Crypto markets appeared to stabilize on Tuesday with Bitcoin hovering at around $22,000 and Ether at around $1,100. Investors were assessing the fallout of Celsius and meanwhile another crypto firm joined a growing list of companies cutting staff to try to shore up profits. Coinbase announced it was laying off nearly a fifth of its workforce due to crypto volatility. The company had previously cut spending and even rescinded job offers in the hopes of stabilizing its business. We had the recent inflation report that came out that I think surprised many folks, explained the president and chief operating officer, Emilie Choi. We've had Jamie Dimon and others talk about an upcoming economic hurricane. And so given what's happening in the economy, it feels like the most prudent thing to do right now, continued Choi. Crypto companies across the board are looking for ways to cut costs and investors rotate out of the riskiest assets, pulling down trading volumes. Crypto.com recently announced a staff reduction of 260 people, as did Gemini, which it would say it would lay off 10% of its workforce. And as for the first US-based cryptocurrency exchange and custodian. On to Wednesday, MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor appeared on CNBC Wednesday morning to discuss concerns about his firm, which has made a $4 billion bet on Bitcoin. Saylor has said that the company doubles as the first and only Bitcoin spot exchange traded fund in the US. So investing in MicroStrategy is the closest you'll get to a Bitcoin spot ETF. MicroStrategy has used company debt to purchase Bitcoin. And in March, Saylor decided to take another step forward, normalizing Bitcoin-backed finance when he borrowed $205 million using his Bitcoin as collateral to then buy more of the cryptocurrency. We have $5 billion in collateral. We borrowed $200 million. So I'm not telling people to go out and take highly leveraged loans. What I am doing, I think, is doing my best to lead the way and to normalize the Bitcoin-backed financing industry, said Saylor, who added that publicly traded crypto miner, Marathon Digital, also took out a credit line with Silvergate Bank. As Bitcoin prices tanked this week, investors worried that the company would be asked to put up the more collateral for its loan, but Saylor said the fears were overblown. The margin call is much ado about nothing, Saylor told CNBC earlier this week. It just made me Twitter famous, so I appreciate that. We feel like we have a fortress balance sheet. We're comfortable, and the margin loan is well managed. Then on Wednesday afternoon, the Federal Reserve raised its benchmark interest rates three quarters of a percentage point in its most aggressive hike since 1994. The Fed said that the move was made in an effort to curb sky-high inflation. Crypto prices initially rallied on the news as investors hoped we would could avoid a recession, but that rally was short-lived. On comes to Thursday, we were back in the red. Bitcoin fell to around $20,000 to prices it hadn't seen since the end of 2020. The losses were closely tied to a sell-off on Wall Street, in which the Dow fell 700 points to its lowest level in more than a year. It appears that the investors can't shake the fears of recession, and some say it could take time for cryptocurrencies to recover from the sell-off in riskier assets. I think that we're in a long drawn drawn period here. Jill Gunter, Espresso Systems co-founder and chief strategy officer, told CNBC Squawk on the street. I think that we've taken the elevator down. And I think that we, as an industry, are going to have to take the stairs back up and climb out by building real utility, she said. Gunter said that in many ways, what we're seeing is a healthy washout. One doesn't want to, as a builder, as an investor for the long term, be in a market where it's being driven by just short-term price action. 
by speculation as let's be honest, the crypto market has been largely over the last couple of years continued gunter. So on to Friday into Saturday. Carnage in the crypto market shows no signs of slowing down as Bitcoin and Ether continue their sell-off at a rapid clip in Saturday afternoon. This comes as a crypto hedge funds and businesses face growing questions about insolvency. We had financial instability because of its opaque leverage. We just couldn't tell where all the risks were building up. Pax's CEO and co-founder Charles Cesarelia told CNBC. In some ways, it's just an old age story. You're borrowing short and lending long. And I think it's really unfortunate that people lost money. And I think it will, in some ways, set back the space because you will lose some early adopters or some of the people who just came into the new space, continued Cesarelia. But Cesarelia also says that investors are still looking for quality crypto investments. The fundamental technology here and adoption curve that we see, the institutions that are coming in, how you can get your financial system to operate at the speed of the internet, those are things that need to happen, he said. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? Bitcoin briefly dropped below $17,800 as sell-off accelerates. Here's what happened. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Moving on to article number three, the crypto crash, all Ponzi schemes topple eventually. One week ago, as cryptocurrency prices plummeted, Celsius Network, an experimental cryptocurrency bank with more than 1 million customers that has emerged as a leader in the murky world of decentralized finance or DeFi, announced it was freezing withdrawals due to extreme market conditions. Earlier this past week, Bitcoin dropped 15% over 24 hours to its lowest value since December 2020. Last month, TerraUSD, a stablecoin, a system that was supposed to perform a lot like a conventional bank account, but was backed only by a cryptocurrency called Luna, collapsed, losing 97% of its value in just 24 hours, apparently destroying some investors' life savings. 89 years ago, Franklin D. Roosevelt signed into law the Banking Act of 1933 also known as a Glass-Steagall Act. It separated commercial banking from investment banking, Main Street from Wall Street, to protect people who entrusted their savings to commercial banks from having their money gambled away. Glass-Steagall's larger purpose was to put an end to the giant Ponzi scheme that had overtaken the American economy in the 1920s and led to the Great Crash of 1929. Americans had been getting rich by speculating on shares of stock and various sorts of exotica, roughly analogs to crypto. These risky assets' values rose solely because a growing number of investors put money into them. But at some point, Ponzi schemes topple of their own weight. When the topple occurred in 1929, it plunged the nation and the world into a Great Depression. The Glass-Steagall Act was a means of restoring stability. But by 1980s, America got the financial trauma of 1929. As the stock market soared, speculators noticed they could make lots of money if they could gamble with other people's money. As speculators did in the 1920s, they pushed Congress to deregulate Wall Street, arguing that the United States financial sector would otherwise lose its competitive standing relative to other financial centers around the world. Finally, in 1999, Bill Clinton and Congress agreed to ditch what remained of Glass-Steagall. As a result, the American economy, once again, became a betting parlor. Inevitably, Wall Street suffered another near-death experience from excessive gambling. Its Ponzi schemes began toppling in 2008, just as they had in 1929. 
The difference was the time the U.S. government bailed out the biggest banks and financial institutions. The wreckage was contained. Still, millions of Americans lost their jobs, their savings, and their homes, and not a single banking executive went to jail. Which brings us to the crypto crash. The current chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, Gary Gensler, has described cryptocurrency investments as rife with fraud, scams, and abuse. In the murky world of crypto DeFi, it's hard to know who provides money for loans, where the money flows, or how easy it is to trigger currency meltdowns. There are no standards for risk management or capital reserves. There are no transparency requirements. Investors often don't know how their money is being handled. Deposits are not insured or back to the Wild West finances of the 1920s. Before the crypto crash, the value of cryptocurrencies had kept rising by attracting an ever-growing number of investors and some big Wall Street money, along with celebrity endorsements. But again, all Ponzi schemes topple eventually, and it looks like crypto is now toppling. Why isn't this market regulated? Many because of intensive lobbying by the crypto industry, whose kingpins want the Ponzi scheme to continue. The industry is pouring huge money into political campaigns, and it has hired scores of former government officials and regulators to lobby on its behalf, including three former chairs of the Securities and Exchange Commission, three former chairs of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, three former U.S. Senators, and one former White House Chief of Staff and a former chair of Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers advises crypto investment firm Digital Currency Group, Inc. and sits on the board of Block, Inc., a financial technology firm that is investing in cryptocurrency payment systems. If we should have learned anything from the crashes of 1929 and 2008, it's that regulation of financial markets is essential. Otherwise, they turn into Ponzi schemes that eventually leave small investors with nothing and destabilize the entire economy. It's time for the Biden administration and Congress to regulate crypto. Robin Reich, a former U.S. Secretary of Labor, is a professor of public policy at the University of California at Berkeley and author of Saving Capitalism from the Many, Not the Few, and the Common Good. His new book, The System Who Rigged It, How We Fix It, is out now. He is a Guardian U.S. columnist. His newsletter is at Rob Trike, uh, Robert Reich, Substack.com. So, there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? The crypto crash, all Ponzi schemes topple eventually. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, before we get into round two of the articles, just want to take the time to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the love that everyone's been giving me. Thank you so much for all the subscribers, supporters that have been listening into the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And thank you so much for liking and sharing the YouTube videos. It helps me out greatly. So let's get back into it. Round two. If you invested $100 in Tesla, Apple, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin five years ago, here's how much you'd have now. Investors who have put money into the major U.S. indices have enjoyed respectable returns over the past five years. In fact, the SPDR S&P 500 ETF and SPDR Dow Jones have returned 50.48%, 94.48%, and 39.76% since June 2017. As good as investors in the major U.S. indices have had in the recent years, cryptocurrencies and a number of large cap tech stocks have performed that much better. 
cryptocurrency and tech bulls who bought in 2017 and held through when U.S. markets bottomed out in March 2020, despite the recent volatility, had been treated to epic returns on their investment. And winners since June 2017, here's how much $100 in each of the following cryptocurrencies back in 2017 summer will be worth today. First, Tesla, $847. Apple, $359. Amazon, $211. Bitcoin, $823. Ethereum, $387. Dogecoin, $1,949. So, here, we got most new traders struggle at first to make sense of the markets and how to put their portfolio in a position to flourish. So here, if you guys have any questions, if you invested in $100 in Tesla, Apple, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin five years ago, here's how much you'd have now. Comment down below and remember, do your own research. All right, last but not least, let's take a look at the main article today. What the crypto collapse means for El Salvador's economy. In 2021, El Salvador became the first country to adopt Bitcoin as currency. NPR's Adrian Florido asked business professor Julio Sevilla how the latest crypto crash has impacted the country. The recent collapse in the value of cryptocurrencies has left a lot of investors in those digital assets in a lot of pain. The collapse is also causing trouble in El Salvador, whose president, Nayib Bukele, last year adopted Bitcoin as one of the country's legal tenders alongside the U.S. dollar and has invested more than $100 million in Bitcoin. To help us better understand what this could mean for El Salvador's economy, we're joined by Julio Sevilla. So how are you, Adrian? Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for joining us. El Salvador was the first country to adopt Bitcoin as an official currency. Can you remind us why President Nayib Bukele thought this was a good idea? Well, yes, there was two reasons that the president provided often for this endeavor. One of them was that he wanted the people of El Salvador to have more access to technology and financing because they, many of them don't have bank accounts and he didn't want them to only rely on cash. However, what has been seen is that these people are less likely to be using Bitcoin. The other reason is that he thought it was an excellent investment for El Salvador because at the moment that he started with this plan last year, Bitcoin and other cryptos were really booming. So he thought he was creating economic opportunities for El Salvador. Well, the president has invested more than $100 million in Bitcoin, how much money does that represent for a country as small as El Salvador? So even for a country that is small for El Salvador, it's not necessarily a large amount. The president took out $150 million from the reserves of the country to invest in the projects of Bitcoin. And that represents around 4% of the reserves. So it is not obviously an amount that they can take for granted, but it's not an amount that will necessarily, you know, bankrupt the country. The GDP is $25 billion right now, and the debt of the country is more than $20 billion. So a very small amount, but still, you cannot really afford to make bad investments when your finances are precarious to start with. Do you have a sense of how everyday Salvadorans are feeling about the president's investment in Bitcoin? So it doesn't seem to be a popular idea, but the plan of really popularizing Bitcoin in the country hasn't been successful. Just around two-thirds of the population downloaded the app, and even though they were offered $30 just for signing up, and based on some measures, just around 20% of those that signed up to the app are currently using it. So the idea of Bitcoin doesn't seem to be very popular among the majority of the people of Salvador. Has Bukele faced any resistance from within his government to his decisions on Bitcoin? 
The reality is that currently the president doesn't have a lot of checks in government. Interestingly, his popularity, at least until recently, continued to go up to the level of 70-80% in the Congress. Basically, he can do anything he wants because, you know, his party has the qualified uh, majority and his legislators are very loyal to him. He actually swept the Supreme Court. The justices that were there before, you know, he was elected. He removed them with loyalists. So at this point, he controls the executive, the legislative, and also the judicial power. So unfortunately, there's no checks there. And that's why he's able to, you know, take these eccentric initiatives without much pushback. Sounds like the country's economy is not going to collapse if Bitcoin were to totally implode. But El Salvador has had struggling economy for years. And I wonder if President Bukele's devotion to Bitcoin might have other consequences for the economy. It definitely does. But there are other repercussions from these decisions. For example, El Salvador is heavily in debt. And the president has been trying to negotiate with the International Monetary Fund to get this financing. But they have expressed that they are concerned with, in general, how the country is being managed with the fact that the president, you know, has no checks in the Supreme Court and that he is implementing these outlandish initiatives. But El Salvador has inflicted this damage on its own. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? What the crypto collapse means for El Salvador's economy? Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right. Let's take a look at the prices one last time before we head out. At number one, BTC is at $20,019. Ethereum at $1,077. Tether, $0.99. Cents. USD coin, $1. BNB, $207. Binance USD, $1. Cardano, $0.46. Cents. XRP, $0.31. Cents. Solana, $32. And last but not least, Dogecoin at $0.05. Cents. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making it this far into the YouTube video and podcast. Again, this is Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Catch me on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you're in a YouTube space, like, share, and subscribe. I hope all of you have a great crypto day, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.